It's time to step into the more that God has for you. This is Eunice Lai, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of Beyond the Building with Laura Pereno and Debbie Kiever of the Beyond Women's Conference. Hi, this is Laura Pereno. I'm sure, like me, you've experienced some times of shaking in your life, and perhaps to an even greater extent these days, as so many things around us seem so uncertain. My new book, Unshakable God, His Character in Our Chaos, shares my personal story and a Bible study on the book of Joshua, showing how we can stand unshaken in these times if we hold on to the hand of our unshakable God. You can find Unshakable God on Amazon in print or Kindle format. For more information, email me at laura at lauraparenoministries.com. Hi there, everyone. Welcome back to Beyond the Building. My name is Laura Pereno, and I am with Debbie Kiever today. And we are finishing up our actually two-part lesson here on creating an environment for growth. If you've been with us in the month of March, you know that it's all been about growth and growing. We've been looking at plants. We've been looking at the Word of God. We've been seeing how we can really relate our lives to the story that plants go through as they grow and thrive or the things that keep them from growing and thriving. And we really keep... uh, hitting on going back to Psalm 1, because we know it's just a great passage about how we are to grow in the correct way in the places that we are to grow. So last week, we looked at this beginning part of how we are to create an environment for growth. And it's just amazing, because with my very small knowledge of plants, I've I've just been amazed as we have looked Uh, back at some of these principles from the word, how they all line up with what we do in the garden or potted plants, whatever it looks like. But if you remember last week, we talked about the fact that growing or uh, creating an environment for growth requires that we be in the right location. You know, we talked about some plants need sun, some plants need shade, and spiritually, we need to be in the right place in order to get exactly what we need in order to grow more and more like Christ. We talked about deadheading, which is uh, that painful place where things have to be cut off sometimes in order for new life to come out or for existing life to continue to grow. And so we talked about petunias and how we have to deadhead them and, oh, it's monotonous. It takes so much time. Yet the end result is such a beautiful flower and such a, a full bush, which is what we're really looking for. And then growing also, if you remember from last week, requires that we prune the runners. Again, that word prune kind of sounds like deadheading to me, another painful place. But there are things in our life that were good for a season. They're not good for this season. And so, ouch, we have to cut them off in order for the places in our lives that need to continue to grow, to have that energy and that vitality, and to bring us into the places where we are supposed to grow. Laura, as we move into this particular podcast, we have a couple more uh, takeaways that are from a the world of nature. You know, I love how God uses nature to speak to our hearts about our own lives. But we're going to look at a couple more of these uh, plant-related applications. And this first one, we're going to call it getting rid of infestations. Now, the year that we taught on Grow Beyond, I mean, God was just dealing with me personally with my deck plants. And I have this neighbor down the street who really God used to instruct me in the, the world of plant. I think it was pretty 
high on her radar that I needed some help and she's really, she's got a green thumb. So she spent a lot of time teaching me things. And I remember walking past her house one day, she has peach trees in her yard and she was so busy gathering these peaches off the ground, like at a rapid speed. It was really, it's kind of a sight, like something's going on here. And she was she had these special glasses. She was looking at the uh, the peaches that are on her trees and pulling some off. And I just asked her what she was doing. I knew it was too soon to be uh, harvesting the peaches. And she shared something with me that as I listened to her, man, my, my spirit mind was going, wow, this is such a teachable moment right here. So I'm going to share with you first what was going on with her peaches. She said that Somehow, a the, I'm gonna hopefully I'm gonna say it correctly. It's a plum curculio bug. So maybe one of our listeners knows that I just killed that name. But <laughs> it's this bug that is super tiny, and when it lands on the peach, it almost looked like a little bubble. It looked like a water bubble on the outside of the fruit. And I'm looking at it, and she says, "Do you see that?" And I'm going. Like what? <laughs> I didn't even know what I was looking at. <laughs> and she said, this is terrible. She told me about this particular bug. It looks like a water drop, so you don't even worry about it. Except it goes inside the peach and it destroys that peach itself. She said, we got to get all of these peaches off this tree. Apparently, as the peach drops to the ground, these little bugs get down into the root system very quickly of this peach tree. And now... Not only are the peaches for this year destroyed, but it systemically is now in the tree and it will destroy the next two or three years of crops of peaches. So that's why she was out there working so fast just to try to remove every peach off the tree, everything off the ground uh, with this fervor that it just caught my eye. I said, didn't you spray or do anything to protect your tree? She said, we did. We sprayed the tree, which would have killed the bug, but then it rained for five days and it washed off the spray. And because there, it was left vulnerable, the bug got in. It's amazing. What a, what a picture of what can happen when we are not guarding ourselves or keeping ourselves in a place where uh, we have our defense defense mechanisms up really that God has given us in the word. And it reminds me of that verse in Proverbs 4.23. It's one of my favorites. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. And the opportunity to protect and guard uh, what God has given us, our hearts, just like with that tree, even as you were sharing that story, Debbie, I could just picture your neighbor. I've never seen her before, but I could picture her kind of going around her yard, just knowing that there was an infestation in that in that plant or knowing that there could be and everything that she was doing in order to um, keep those bugs from from bursting into that tree. That word guard just sounds like you're not you're not playing around here. This isn't a game. We are really working toward making sure that the things that should not be in our hearts are far from our hearts. And I guess, you know, the question is, you know, what are some of the things that will cause our hearts to be unguarded or not protected? Because it's easy for us to say, oh, guard your heart. But what does it look like to be unguarded? 
in order to know how we can guard our heart. And, you know, it always comes back to the word of God first. We say that all the time on this podcast, on these episodes and, and beyond on women's conferences. It always comes back to the word first. And so we're, if we're going to protect our hearts, we need to know God's word. And some of the things, or actually the first thing that keeps our heart unguarded or unprotected is when we have a poor knowledge or understanding of what the word of God says. You know, it's easy to listen to maybe a teaching or a uh, kind of read read it or breeze through and just have a shallow understanding. And, you know, how many times have you heard that people just pick and choose what they want in the Word of God and they try to put it together without getting the whole context? We can find that our hearts are unguarded when we try to make the Word what we want it to say or our understanding is not really deep enough in order to keep us in the right place. You know, our prayer life, when our prayer life is either non-existent or it's weak, we're putting ourselves in a place where our heart is unguarded. Prayer is one of those things that guards our hearts because everything we do flows from it. If we want to have everything that we do flow from a healthy place, we're going to know the word. We're going to have that strong prayer life. We're going to be committed to talking to God. Um disobedience we've talked about that even in this uh this growing podcast here we can't we can't go against what the word of god says we have to know what it says and then we have to do what it says um unforgiveness when we choose to walk in a way that does not offer forgiveness to other people in the way that we have been offered forgiveness our hearts are going to be unguarded then too and we've talked about unforgiveness in this Uh, podcast series before. And when you also, this is a huge thing, and I know we've talked about this before too, but as women, as believers, men, women, whatever it might be, God, God provides for us the church, right? We have other men or women around us um, who can really be our accountability partners, another man for a man, another woman for a woman or a small group, whatever that looks like. I think sometimes when we start to find that we are walking away from those people that we are, you know, to be accountable to and vice versa, we'll find that we are going to have unguarded hearts and that's going to take us to a place we don't want to be. Laura, you made a comment about the importance of knowing what the word is so that you can recognize when something creeps in there, you know, that, that you need to guard against. And I, I think my neighbor really demonstrated that well. She knew what to look for. Mm-hmm. She had done her homework and she knew about the bug. Meanwhile, I'm looking at it and thinking it's a water drop. But she also was out there looking. She said, every year I always come out here and look. I'm aware that this bug exists. And so, and I know how devastating it can be. So I'm on the hunt looking for it. So she was devastated this year when she saw that she found some. And what she saw as a huge issue looked insignificant to me. And yet because she had a good handle on the research she understood what she was dealing with, um, it upped the ante for her, you know, where she was going to really guard what she was, uh, what she was protecting her, her whole, she had about four trees in her front yard. So it really, it's that handle of the word of God really makes a difference because the very thing that can take down a relationship, I mean, shoot, it can take down a whole ministry usually starts with something that seems unconsequential. You know, it's like it's such a small thing. Nobody else may see it. Maybe it's a thought pattern that you're having. Maybe it's this habit that's slowly starting to develop and you're not nipping in it in the bud. Maybe you're embarrassed to admit that you struggle with it. But if you don't deal with it, it will 
it can become a big deal. Or it opens the door to other wrong decisions that then snowball and get out of control. I mean, I don't know if you've got something you're dealing with and you may justify in your head saying, well, certainly other people have done far worse mm-hmm. than me. So it can start small like that little tiny bug, but it's a bug that opens a door for a devastating punch. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's why we take everything, right? And we compare it to the word of God, not just the big stuff, but everything that we feel led to do. We say, God, does this line up with your word? So all of those sins that start small, we can identify at the root and, and you know, cut them off. If you look at a tree, Deb, and, and we've talked about generational consequences or impacts from sin uh, you know, looking back at our families or people around us that might be struggling, you can look at it here with the tree too. And, you know, with the tree, a tree like your neighbors had, there's that first uh, impact, that that impact that's going to happen to the tree. We could say it's the first generation impact if we're looking yeah. and personifying the tree to be us. You know, our choices that we make today directly impact our future. And they also impact those people who who will follow us. So it impacts the, the future crops as well. So if we are the tree and we want to limit the impact or get rid of the impact, guard our hearts from having something directly impact our future negatively and those who follow us, uh, the future crops, it, we don't want things from our crop to affect others negatively also, then we're going to go back to that verse in Proverbs. Above all else, we're going to guard our heart. And you kind of say, you know, that means we're going to be diligent to monitor what we take in. And, you know, when I even think about monitoring what I take in, I think about things I, I hear with my ears or I see with my eyes um, on TV or what I read. I definitely want to monitor what I take in because it needs to line up with the Word of God. And I don't want any of those things to impact uh, the fruit in my life or in my family's life. But you can also think about other things that we allow to fester or to take in. You know, if we take in a hurt and we don't deal with forgiveness like we've talked about, then what happens to that hurt? It turns into bitterness. Now, bitterness is going to be something that will leave our hearts unprotected. You know, as you're saying that, it reminds me, that's why she was so aggressive about, especially the peaches that fell to the ground. And I'm thinking, well, that's kind of a dead issue now. And she's Mm. like, no, if you allow it to sit there, Every minute you allow it to sit there, that bug has a chance to get in to mm. the plant. Mm. That is a that is such a picture because we really do think th- things sometimes that just fall away are not going to. Sometimes I, you know, my husband and I say when we're in a situation and we're trying to resolve things and we kind of get to a standstill and we go, if we don't deal with this right now, then it's just like we're sweeping it up under the rug, right? And it's just going to come back out. So even as you say that, that just reminds me of just sweeping it under the rug and we think it's gone. And yet here is something is still attached to it that can impact us and our generations to come. You think about the times that uh, in this life today or many, you know, regardless of the situation we're in as on the globe, but we can allow fear to fester inside of our hearts. And fear is something that is going to take the guard down. We certainly are not able to guard our hearts when we are shaking in fear. You know, anxiety can paralyze us if we've any of us have dealt with anxiety on a limited basis or a you know an ongoing basis. It's hard to guard your heart when you're paralyzed by fear and anxiety. And then 
it's easy, right, to say something that maybe has a, a lot of truth and a little bit of not truth, right? Basically, it's a lie, but we can say small lies, we think, um, and what happens? They just snowball. We can say things in order to get ourselves out of situations, we think, um, and so we say things that aren't true, but then we have to keep rolling with it and snowballs. These things fester inside of us, and what happens anytime we walk away from the truth our heart is not guarded. So there's just so many things. I think uh, when we just really search our hearts or ask the Lord to search our hearts, he starts to reveal these things to us that are keeping us from guarding our hearts. You know, there are some things in the word of God that he says he's going to do, but there's other things in the word of God that he tells us to do. He has given us the responsibility to guard our own hearts and he's given us the way to do it. Um, we definitely want those uh, blessings on our families, on our lives, and those to come. So, yeah, it's, it's amazing. It doesn't take a big thing, Deb. It just has to start small. But you got to figure out what to do. Like, what do I do now with what you're saying? You know, if I, I have to take captive these thoughts and I need to deal with them, what do I do if there's already a bug that's gone into that fruit? You know, like that air that festered, something has already grown into something that is already causing damage. And and I'll go back again to my neighbor. She, I asked her, what are you going to do with these peaches? She goes, well, they're good for nothing. Like I need mm. to just throw them away. Like I can't use them as compost. Right? Mm. Then I'm putting wow. it back in my soil. Like wow. when you allow stuff to just fester in there, it's, can God keep teaches things through that? Yes. And brings them good that way. But it's not a usable uh, it's just not something that's going to bear fruit that's good. So you got to get rid of it. So all those buckets of peaches, she she mm. threw in the trash can. Mm. Yeah, it's and I'm thinking, oh, it's such a shame. She <laughs> said the shame. bigger shame is if I let it continue, I won't have any peaches wow. for the next couple of years. So wow. what do we do with our lives where we have not dealt with something that was sinful, that was small, and it started to grow? We got to deal. We We cannot just pack it in a box and throw it in the trash. We can't get rid of it ourselves. Sweeping it under the rug doesn't fix it. So we need to, That's ask, right. we need to ask for, for forgiveness. So it's to confess, right? Which means to agree with God that, and you name it, name it, call it for what it is. Give that bug a name that, that whatever the sin is and ask him for his forgiveness. We know that as his children, that it's his heart to forgive. And so regardless of whether it seems big, middle, or or large, or like in between somewhere, ask for forgiveness. So not only do you confess and ask for forgiveness, you got to repent, which means you got to do it differently. Got to make a change. You need a game plan for how am I going to walk out in obedience what God has told me to do. Shut the doors that we've opened um, by dwelling on things, by exposing ourselves to things. We need to get rid of it and shut the doors. And when it's it's our stuff, right? When it's our sin, our bug, we can deal with that. Well, what do you do when the the bug that's in your fruit came from a couple generations ago? We, if you recall, just uh, I think it was last podcast, we focused on previous generations that have planted things in our lives. We didn't ask for it, but we kind of were born into that family. So if you see those. Um, sinful behaviors or attitudes that are running down through the generational line. Maybe you're known as a family that's angry or there's been a lot of divorce or infidelity one generation after another. I mean, the list can go on. We, you know, we talked about abuse and 
critical families. A lot of lying is known. These are all bugs from the past that are revisiting. Just like it said in Numbers 14, 18, it talked about the sins of the generations, right, are, are sent down third and fourth generation. We need to ask for forgiveness for those generations, you know, where we confess, you know, my great, 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 whoever, this was something that they brought into our family line. I've seen my grandparents, my parents struggle with it. I struggle with it. It's the bug from the past. God, I don't want to deal with it anymore. I confess the sin of my family. I know their part on this. I choose to forgive them for planting those seeds. I ask for forgiveness for how I have perpetuated it. Maybe I've continued to have a critical spirit or walk in anger, whatever it is I'm still struggling with. And I, and I ask God to forgive that, that negative, um, those decisions that were made that I'm now dealing with. So it's, it's not only handling today, it's handling the issues from the past through confession, through asking for forgiveness, through repentance, and man, get a game plan to do it differently. Yeah. And you know, all of those things you just listed are things that we tend to want to hide, Mm -hmm. right? Not just, of course, we don't want to, we just don't want to put all of these things out there for people to see necessarily, but we also uh, try to hide it from God or from ourselves. Well, we're ashamed, Uh, you know, we're ashamed or embarrassed by it. Yep. So again, we sweep it under the rug, but if we're going to grow, Um, real growth, uh, Psalm 1 kind of growth requires us to be authentic. And authentic means uh, bring it to the light, right? Bring it to the light, expose it so that it can be dealt with. And that goes against everything that we see around us these days and everything that maybe we even do ourselves. You know, we live in a world where appearances um, really seem to trump so many things. And it's just kind of funny, all of the things that we try to hide, Debbie, and it it goes, honestly, it goes beyond just uh, the pictures that we post online, because I think we talk about that a lot, how, you know, and I look at my phone, when I take a selfie with anything or anybody, what do I do first? I'm like, there might be 25 of them, I'm going to go for the one that makes me look the best, right? Mm Mm-hmm. And we're going to hide the ones that don't make us look the best. And so in pictures, I've done it. We find ourselves hiding behind other people in pictures. Um, If we don't like the way we look in a picture, there's apps for that. You know, we can go into Photoshop and we can take out some of our wrinkles or we can trim ourselves down in certain places. Um, We we tend to be on an unauthentic, I might just made that word up, path, but you know, we need to be real and honest if we're going to identify the places uh, that growth needs to happen. You know, even Deb, it's not the summer at all, but, you know, we wear cover-ups at the beach. <laughs> it just keeps coming to my mind. In Aside from wearing a mask, we wear a concealer on our face. I mean, our masks are our great concealers now. But we just, we just really try to hide things. And until we're going to expose them and look at them honestly, uh, with the word of God, we're not going to grow. We're going to stay stuck in, in just a spiraling uh, downward. I remember my plants. I had those petunias on my deck. They were the ones that God was teaching me a lot through. And I, I kind of hit a plateau where they weren't really producing new blooms. And here I lifted up the top layers of the the petunias and underneath was all this dead stuff. Mm. Like that's that was the takeaway for me. I was hiding I wasn't intending to hide. I just didn't even look there. 
which that'll speak. You know, a lot of times we don't realize what's dead underneath the surface because we're not willing to look. Soon as I picked up those green, but you know, uh, leaves and the petunias, and I saw all this, these dead vines, I pulled them out, and suddenly, over the next week, the plant began to explode again. You know, it just limits Amazing. us. Amazing, it limits us. And it all does. we could do is pick up the stuff that was good on the outside to see what was sapping the life uh, underneath man it's the same thing with us we we may look at areas of our lives and think we've got it all together but we invite the holy spirit right search my heart god and see if there's any way in me that's offensive and ask him god all right so here are areas i think i'm doing pretty well but how can i improve you know what are some of the areas that you would like to come and help me to grow help me to see myself accurately the way you see me, and then, you know, it's kind of a scary question might be to invite somebody else who's close to you, right? Not somebody whose goal is to sabotage you, but to ask somebody else, hey, can I ask you honestly, what would be something that you would love to see me grow more in this area? Some way that I could be a better friend or more accurately express what it means to be a Christian when you look at my life. Ask them to be honest about you. And, and nobody likes to really ask that question, you know, because they're probably, right. and, and really, honestly, if you, you're kind of afraid to answer the question for somebody, because you probably can think of three things, but will they get upset with you? So you're yes. like, can you tell me what you really see? Because there's blind spots. I'm sure I have them. Mm. And, uh, and just to be more honest about that, I mean, we are the, we are the kings and queens of keeping, saving face, you know, especially in the church. <laughs> you walk in, how you doing? Yes. I'm blessed and wonderful. Which may be true, but in reality, they may be saying, my life stinks, but I'm not going to tell you that. Yes. You know, because I'm having really unchristian thoughts, and I don't want you to think worse about me. We, we may be really struggling. It's time to just be transparent when you're having a hard time. You know, use some discernment on who you share that with, but you, you cannot stay underneath this cover and still grow. You need to be authentic. I love it. And, you know, even just think about the fact that your neighbor told you about the peaches. That is going to open your eyes now to things that might be going on in your garden, too. Right. So Mm -hmm. when we're authentic with each other, not only, you know, we can get help from the other one or encourage from the other from the other one, but it can kind of, I don't know, show us some places in our life that we need to check our own garden, too. So authenticity in relationships is huge. Mm -hmm. I think it's also huge. Um when we're in a season where we want to grow, which is always, uh, we got to persevere. And it's easy to think that we're going to plant the plant and we are just going to see flowers the next day. And really, now is the season when we're actually taping this, what we're in, we're at the very beginning of March. I've seen people posting on Instagram already that they've got their little seed packets out and they've got those little square or uh, pots that are all connected to each other. I've obviously never done this. I don't know the names for them, but they put a little bit of dirt in. They they grow these seeds in their house and these are going to be their tomato plants in July. I've never done that. When I have tomatoes, I go out and I buy a plant that's already there. You know, usually it has flowers on it or small tomatoes already. But you can see that the reality, the true way to grow something from a seed, it takes a lot of time. And so we can't think that, like me, I want to buy the tomato plant that already has a green tomato hanging on the vine because I know in a couple of weeks I'll be eating a tomato. We have to 
persevere. Growth requires perseverance, even when the seed is still hidden under the dirt, even when we only see a small shoot of green. There's a, a ground cover called portulaca, and I'm probably saying it wrong. It might be portulaca. I think that's it. But um, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So this portulaca, when when you plant it. It's a beautiful ground cover, but you plant it in the end of May and in the end of June, when you go back and you check out your ground cover, it's still just tiny plants. And What a letdown. You know, exactly. And you know it's supposed to grow out and spread out, and you know that there's going to be beautiful flowers on this. And it would be easy to kind of say, wow, this plant is just not growing, and say, I'm just next time I'm going to put a different ground cover in, I'm going to pull this one up. But what you don't know is that in mid-July, you know, it starts bursting with color and it grows all over the place. There's tons of blooms. It's amazing. And if you had pulled it out at the end of June, because man, it's been growing for a month and it hasn't done a thing. It hasn't spread out the way it was supposed to. You'd miss the beautiful blooms that are waiting for the middle of July. It's hard, right? We know we don't like to wait. We know perseverance is hard. But when we persevere in the areas where we're not seeing growth, but we're following all the steps according to the word of God for growth, we can know that his his word never returns void. And it may be that middle of July season, but the growth will come and we will see the outcome that he has purposed for us to see. Laura, I actually did have this experience with my portulaca. And remember, I'm desperately asking for help yes. from people about how to do this. <laughs> and and, and in, in June, I was so frustrated that these stupid plants were not growing. Like, what part of ground cover are right. you missing? Yeah. <laughs> not it's covering not covering the ground. ground. That I actually, right. I actually had this thought of, I'm just not going to water it anymore. I'll show you. Like, I'm not going to water you anymore. And... <laughs> And I'm glad, I'm glad for that neighbor. I'm really thankful for that peach neighbor, right? Because she said, you just need to be patient. She said, the roots are going downward because in July, there's not going to be enough water on the surface. Mm, she mm. said the heat, you know, the times of heat in, in the, the season require deep roots. And she looks at me like point blank and she goes, you know, if you don't put your roots down deep, you're not going to be uh, able to get nourished when the hot times of July come. And I'm mm. going, sister, these times we need to put our roots down deep because there will be seasons spiritually that are super hot and mm. we need to be ready for it. But I'm mm. glad in those times where you're like frustrated, don't stop watering your plant spiritually. That's right. You know, Even if you don't see something that you can say, wow, there's some nice ground cover right there. Yep. That's amazing. So spiritually, if we take this all back to, you know, we've talked about the plants, uh, natural plants, with us as a plant, what does it look like, you know, to have our focus uh, be in the right place on growing our roots into the presence of God? And I love your example that, you know, those roots needed to go deep. They needed to go to that deep place where the water was. And we need to be uh, men and women who also are growing our roots down deep into the very presence of God, rather than just having our roots be on the surface that everyone else can see. All goes back to Psalm 1, Deb. I remember one plus two equals three, right? We have to meditate on the word of God day and night. A few episodes ago, our uh, title was, you know, be that girl. And if we want to be that girl, be that gal who is thriving, who is growing, who is persevering, whose, uh, you know, leaves never wither, then we are going to meditate on the word of God. We are not going to walk in step with the wicked. 
the things that sometimes we do that look like they are in agreement with the way the world does things or the way the world thinks that don't line up with the way Psalms 1 says that we are to think or the word of God says that we are to think. We're going to stick to the plan of God if we want to be that gal. Someone also talks about the fact that we're not to be uh, standing in the way that sinners take. And I think this is time to do some soul searching if we want to be people who are growing, if we want to be that gal. You know, we need to look at the things that we need to stop doing, ask the Holy Spirit to, you know, search our hearts, search our actions, tell us what we need to stop doing. Uh, And then someone also says that, you know, the tree that is planted by the water doesn't sit in the seat of mockers. And so we've talked about before, what do we need to change in the way that we speak? So if we want to be spiritually people who are growing in the presence of God, we're going to, in the presence of God, ask him to start revealing words, actions, um, things that we're meditating on that are not of him. And then we're to turn it around, right? That word repent that you've already used today, we're to repent, turn it around, Start speaking the way the Word of God tells us to speak. Start acting and doing the things that the Word of God tells us to do only. And start meditating on the Word rather than meditating on fear or worry or anxiety or our circumstances or all the other things that we're tempted to meditate on. If we want to be that gal, that is what we're going to do. We're going to line ourselves up and spend more time in the presence of God for our strength, for our focus. Um, It's the only way we're going to grow. I think of the word, someone who's disciplined. You know, somebody who is very intentional on a game plan on what they're going to do for a goal. You know, kind of like those who are very disciplined in their eating or very disciplined in their their exercising. Uh, the, the fruit is a healthier life, you know, just a more functional, thriving kind of life. But they're disciplined and not every single day are they waking going, man, I can't wait to do this. I can't wait to eat more vegetables and I can't wait to sweat on that machine. And yet <laughs> what they start to see, it's worth it. You know, their their inner inner strength really grows as they are disciplined to stick it through. And the same thing, if we want our roots to go straight straight down, right into a solid footing in Jesus Christ, spiritual disciplines are part of that. Now there are days, you know, as as a believer that these spiritual disciplines are you, you can't wait to jump into them. But there are days, you have to be honest, there's days where you're like, I choose to do this because I'm not feeling it. But yeah. because you're still disciplined and God honors that, you know, where you still make him that priority, man, it starts to, at the long course, it, it, you start to see that this is really making a difference. Yeah. I am not struggling like I used to. And some of those disciplines are like your prayer life, right? And maybe, and maybe incorporating some fasting with that, bump it up a little bit, mix it up how you do it. Um, it's important to be consistent in fellowship you know, in a church, in an accountability relationship. And man, when the enemy knows that these are things that will strengthen your walk with the Lord, he goes after these areas of spiritual disciplines, your prayer life and your, don't go to that church, they're a bunch of hypocrites, you know, or that friend, she's just two-faced. And it's amazing where the enemy will come in and, and harass you just to keep you from doing the very thing that you really desperately need. So man, the enemy, he goes after the very things that, are meant to just, just, you know, to encourage you. You don't feel like singing. You don't feel like worshiping when your heart is not in it. Well, you know what? Even if your heart's not in it, just be disciplined. There's a lot of exercising that I do that my heart's not in it, but I still do it. And you know, once you get into it, don't you find that there's a certain, okay, I'm glad I did this. 
You know, yep. it's like it yep. kicks in. And obedience, yep. man, that is the that is a big one. You may not agree with God. You may not want to do these things, but we just be obedient, trusting that his perspective is so much different. You find your roots go deep at that point. That's right. And you know, all of these things, like they're key, they're they're critical. There are other things that God gives us that we can, you can kind of say they're extra nourishment for us as we're growing. Here we are on a podcast. There's lots of podcasts we can listen to about growing in the Lord or sermons, teachings, uh, worship videos, you know, YouTube teachings, devotionals we read in the morning, going to women's conference. There are so many, well, that might be virtually right now, but there are so <laughs> many different um you know, things that we are so blessed. Honestly, I remember somebody saying to me not that long ago, there has never been a time in life where we have so many Bible studies to choose from, right. you know, online, in books, whatever. Um, we are so blessed with the amount of extra nourishment we have. But it is, um, yeah, Debbie, your phrase, um, these are the extra sauce. Like that is something that you say. That is a, that is a Debbie Kiever-ism. These are the extra sauce, right? They're never to replace what the word of God is uh, to pour into our lives. And I think sometimes it's easy. Oh, I'll, uh, sometimes I'll say this. I'll just take a walk and, and listen to a podcast. That's great. But have I been in the word of God first? You know, let the podcast be something that he gives me as that extra sauce, that extra nourishment. As we begin to wrap up uh, today's episode, just some questions really for us to ask ourselves as we as we go from this place, as we are cultivating an environment for growth. Am I in the location of ministry where God has purposed for me to be at this time? Maybe this is a prayer for us to be asking him, Lord, am I in the location of ministry that you have purposed for me at this time? You know, that, that all goes back to that being in the right place where he wants to grow you. How's the soil there? Am I in the right place? And then the second thing really is, Lord, you know, are there attitudes, thought patterns, behaviors that I need to cut off at the, at the root? Do I have to need to deadhead all these things that we remember from last podcast now adding in this these the today's podcast are there places that are not pleasing to him that need to be cut off in order to grow into the right place i guess another question would be are there some runners are there some activities things that i've committed to that are just draining the resources their time has passed they were great when they were there but god is saying let go so we can give you some more things do i need to let go and prune some things on my schedule Gotta ask that question, have I allowed sin from my present life or from previous generations to become an infestation? Be diligent, guard your heart. Am I being real? Am I being authentic with my faith, with my lifestyle, or am I putting on show for others to be impressed with? That's gonna limit the growth a big time. And finally, have I not been patient? You know, have I not been seeing the changes that I I expect to you know, have instant everything? And am I giving up too soon? Am I comparing myself to how quickly somebody else is growing and saying, like, this isn't worth it? I don't, I don't have time for this. And just giving up too soon. These are important questions for us. Huge, huge. And all of these can be a prayer. I mean, this honestly is a great prayer right here. Just dear Lord, and then just list them all out, you know, and, and have your way, God. But as we wrap up today, um, we're just, I'm just grateful that God gives us his word 
uh, really a a guide on how to create the right environment for growth. He doesn't just, you know, not just this seed that he puts out there and then says, figure it out. He gives us exactly what we need in order to grow. And um, then he gives us all the tools to keep it going. So I'm grateful for that. As we wrap up uh, this part of our episode on growth, just want to encourage you to join with us uh, next week. In the next few weeks, we're really going to be looking at the one that God used to write Psalm 1. And we're going to continue to look at Psalm 1 because it just speaks to so many parts of our lives. But we're going to look at David's life and others in the Word of God. You know, if you look at David, um, he is a man who just went through some significant challenges. And in those challenges, God was growing him. And so next next week, we're going to look at the challenges in life and how God grows us through those challenges. He has a call on each of our lives. Um, it doesn't just like the portulaca flower, right? It doesn't happen right away. And so challenges often come that help us to grow even in the places where we don't want those challenges to come. But it is a gift. Um, it brings us to the place where he has us to bloom. And so we can be grateful for the end result and what he works on us during that, that time. So for Debbie Kiever, um, this is Laura, and we just want to say thank you so much for being a part of today's episode with us. God is growing us all in many ways, and we just pray that you've been blessed. Share this episode with a friend, especially somebody who has a green thumb. I don't know. Or somebody who <laughs> or doesn't. 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 <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we can all learn a lot this, this month as we've been working on growing together. So have a great day. Thanks for being a part, and we look forward to talking to you again next time. See you soon. We believe that God will use what was shared to encourage you as you step into the more that he has prepared for you today. Thank you for joining us. Until next time, remember, you were created for more.